and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. James, you've you've covered the Kings for how many years now? Uh, this is my thirteenth season. Thirteen. So two thousand what nine eight? Two thousand ten eleven is my first year, uh, which was Demarcus Cousins' first year. Yeah. And uh, my first head coach was Paul Westfall. Which is how many ago? Like ten, eight, nine. This is my ninth head coach. Yeah, uh, Mike Brown is my, my my ninth head coach. So let me see if I, I can name all of them. Okay. Uh, Paul Westfall, Keith Smart. Uh, was Michael Malone after Keith Smart? Yep. So that was Ty Corbin after that, because that, then there was like the Ty Corbin thing, the George Carl thing. That's five. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, and then and then uh, Jaeger, Luke Walton, Alvin Gentry, Mike Brown. Yeah. Okay, I got. Wow, I got it. Good work. I, I remember. To, <laughs> I used to race Jason Thompson. Like how many? How many head coaches? I just remember there was a there was a, whatever year it was that uh, I think it was when he was still in Sacramento. But uh, but Demarcus Cousins went on Bill Simmons's podcast one time and was like asked to name all of his head coaches and he couldn't do it. Do you remember that? <laughs> that makes sense, um, and, and I think it makes sense because Demarcus uh, might even choose to not remember some of them. Um, so. You know, well, so were you traveling with the team when the whole Ty Corbin, George Carl thing happened? Because I remember in Chicago, like a week before the All Star break, they had fired Michael Malone like earlier in the season, which was the only coach that Demarcus Cousins ever got along with. So that was an interesting decision, and they, you know, named Ty Corbin the interim. And then they went to the step of saying, you know, not only like naming him interim, then like a week later, they actually sent out a press release saying that they were removing his interim tag and naming him the head coach. And they were in Chicago. This is when I was covering the Bulls, but like they were in Chicago and there was the report that they had a deal lined up with George Carl. And then like DeMarcus gave his statement to Woj saying like, I didn't want this. I didn't sign up for this. I, you know, this is not fair to Ty Corbin. And then I remember Ty Corbin had to do his media availability before that game. And he was like having to act like, Oh yeah, nothing's going on. I'm not worried about it. When everybody in the world knew that like he was about to lose his job. I can tell you a, an even more complicated version of that story. Please do. So he was, uh, Ty was an interim head coach. And um, I went to a source and said, you know, hey, like, is there a possibility for the interim tag to get pulled? And the answer was, uh, yeah, that happened like two weeks ago. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean that happened two weeks ago? Like, yeah, he's been named the head coach. He, he actually has a contract through the end of this year and next year. I'm like, but not an interim? And they're like, no, not an interim. So I went to someone inside the Kings and I said, hey, I have a source telling me that he's had his interim tag pulled. And the answer was, oh, no, 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 that didn't happen. No, 
he he's not he's still the interim head coach that hasn't happened and i'm like well my source is really good and they're telling me that the interim tag has been pulled and that he got a a deal for all of this year and next season as well well let me check but i'm almost positive that's not the answer 15 minutes later um all right man uh well you got us like yes uh he has been (laughs) upgraded and uh someone had decided not to tell anyone so no one actually knew within the walls of the king's building that he had been promoted so nice uh yeah that was the dysfunctionality of the franchise at that time and um and so at the end of that season they were paying michael malone for another i think another two years they were paying ty corbin for another year and they were paying george carl they gave george carl a four-year deal uh so they were paying all three of them at the end of that season george carl got fired and they hired um dave yeager and so there was a point where they were paying Malone. They weren't paying Corbin anymore, but they were playing Malone, Carl, and Jaeger during the same season. And those are three actual head coaches with actual head coach salaries that, like, what was that? Probably like $15, $20 million that they were, put, they were paying out between three coaches, only one of whom actually worked for them? I would say it was probably closer to, like, eight or nine million um i I don't know that like george carl got good money but he got like probably like three and a half four million dollars a year i think ty's salary was probably still like a budget salary a million and a half two million because it was always kind of with that that understanding that it's possible that they could go a different direction and then um and then dave yeager's salary which you know i don't think we ever really learned dave yeager's salary it's funny how coaches work like with Luke Walton, we all knew he got like a four-year, twenty million, a little over twenty million, right? Yeah. And then he front-loaded the and uh, back-loaded the deal, so up front he didn't make as much money because they were still paying other coaches. They were still paying Jaeger for another year, um, and then uh, and then at the end it was big, so it was like six and a half million, and so that's what they're paying. That's what they're playing Luke Walton this season to not coach the team. It's nice. one of the best jobs in, in in probably the world where you can make millions of dollars to work to and get paid for four. Oh, yeah. Terry Stotts is still getting paid by the Blazers through the end of this season. Oh, they yeah. They fired him with two yeah. years left on his deal. And it is it is kind of funny how coaching salaries are not – and I don't, I don't know. I don't have a hard number on what Chauncey Billups is making. I know he got a five-year deal, but I don't know the number. I have a – decent idea of what it is but i don't actually know it know it but this is all a very long-winded way to get to you have covered the kings for 13 years you have never covered the kings in the playoffs in that time that is about to change possibly as soon as tomorrow because so they lose to minnesota last night they could have clinched they come to portland wednesday and friday they I don't think there's any chance they don't win at least one of those two games. Probably both, because you saw what the Blazers have been doing with their lineups the last week or so. They're not playing anybody anymore. So, yeah, it's it's tomorrow or Friday, the Sacramento Kings are going to officially clinch a spot in the playoffs for the first time since you've been covering the team. Yeah, they very well could clinch today, too. If the Pelicans somehow beat the Warriors, the Kings would clinch uh, today. So uh, that's what we have to wake up every morning and see, like, 
what the NBA puts out. It, they have like this little graphic that they oh, send yeah. out. Like this is the the clinch scenario for the evening. Um, and I, I think it's interesting. The Kings could have clinched on Saturday, but they needed uh, both the Spurs and the Clippers to lose. That didn't happen. Uh, the Spurs won. I mean, not the Spurs, the Suns. The Suns and the Clippers. So the Suns won. The the Clippers lost. Um, and then they could have clinched last night. And again, it came down to uh, those two teams. If one of those two teams lost or the Kings won and the Kings chose violence uh, and didn't win again. <laughs> and now we get to this moment where it'll probably happen on an off day because that's the way, uh, you know, it's, it, it might be the way it should be. So I, I've covered plenty of playoffs uh, because I, I worked for NBC for a long time. And I covered the Warriors all the way through their title runs, um, you know, three or four seasons. Uh, I was in the locker room when the Cavs beat them. Um, it was like me and Jamie Foxx and Usher hanging out, watching all of this wild stuff happening. Um, and then I was in the locker room when the Warriors won. Um, I was also in Toronto when Kevin Durant popped his Achilles. Uh, so, yeah, I've covered a lot of playoffs, just not any Kings playoffs. Now that I re- now that I think about it, I actually remember you covering that whole Warriors, the 2019 one, because that was the year that they played Portland in the Western Conference Finals, and I actually remember you know you, you they sent you up there, and you and I were talking for a while at that. I, I actually vividly remember this now. They now sent me up before uh, to cover to help with the Blazers, actually. So I actually went ahead and covered a round, like either the first or the second round. Of, of the playoffs that year. And I skipped a uh, continuation of Warriors coverage to go up and cover the Blazers. And then I continued Blazers coverage uh, as that's typically what I would do with NBC. I would cover the visiting locker room uh-huh. um, while we had Monty Poole and whoever else we had covering. I think it was Logan at that point still. Yeah, it's possibly. Yeah, Logan was there for like a year. Logan's been in Sacramento nonstop. Uh, Logan Murdoch, for those who are listening. Yeah. Um, he's been in Sacramento. He actually... Uh, grew up around us. Like when he was uh, super young, he would come into uh, the, all the, all the games because his mom uh, worked at KFBK, which is a, a news station in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and he would come and collect sound. So he wouldn't ask questions, but he would be in uh, pre and post game. He'd be in the locker room. So we've known Logan for a long time, and it's been fun to watch Logan kind of grow. Uh, you know, he had his NBC job. Now he's with the Ringer. Uh, he's very eccentric. He dresses crazy. Oh yeah, oh, but yeah. he's a great kid. He's a great, great dude. dude. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. doing great stuff at the Ringer. That Jalen Brown piece he had about a week ago was really really good, and I thought that did a really good job of kind of capturing all the nuances of Jalen. So you have covered the playoffs before, but it's going to be a little bit different. First of all, the Kings are the team. Like, like I'm sure you know people in the Warriors organization, and you have a good pulse on that team. But that's not the team you cover every day and live and breathe every single day-to-day update and know everybody in that organization. That team that you cover in that way has never been in the playoffs while you've been covering. So so that's going to be a totally different thing to actually see that team not only in the playoffs, but it's not even going to be like a... You know, like Minnesota made the playoffs a year ago, and it was like, oh, that's cute. They made the playoffs. Everybody knew they were going to lose in the first round. This is more of a... Not only are they going to make the playoffs... Whether they're two or three or however it shakes out, they're going to be a top seed with home court advantage, and nobody's going to be surprised if they win a series. And, you know, especially with how the West is shaking out this year where there's nobody that you look at and say that's the team everybody's trying to beat. 
I would not be surprised to see a world. I don't think it's likely, but I wouldn't be stunned if the Kings were in the Western Conference Finals. So that's kind of that's got to be kind of surreal going from, you know, the team that I cover is the biggest joke in the NBA and the most dysfunctional team in the NBA for 15 years. And now they're not only in the playoffs, but they actually have a chance to do something. Yeah, it's really weird because, you know, every time you go into a season, it's not like you just, you know that they're going to be horrible and right. that everything's going to be bad. I used to tell people, like, uh, there's a, a a guy who does stat keeping for the Kings, uh, for the NBA, but, like, he in Sacramento. Uh-huh. And, and every year we give our per- predictions to each other right and we say okay i think they're like this year i think i said i went high i think i said 43 wins and he was stunned (laughs) and um you know there are some numbers that i give out like when i talk radio and stuff like that like i thought i probably had them at 41 maybe 42 wins Uh, but behind the scenes that like there's a real number that i give dell the guy that that does stat keeping and he, he gives me his real number there for a long time i would always give him weird numbers and he didn't like it so we give each other like a plus or minus three Uh um so i one season though near the end uh the let's see the first year of jaeger um where they loaded up right so it was demarcus cousins but they also brought in ty lawson and uh they had darren collison they brought in zach randolph is that the zach no it was it was after that so um they, I think it was during that season that they traded Zebo, but Zebo, uh, well, actually, Zebo and um, Demarcus never played together. So that was it when was, they brought in was... Harrison Barnes, right? Because Zebo no. was part of the Dallas trade to ha- Harrison yes. Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Cousins and and Harrison Barnes never played together either. So this is before. So um, they brought in Matt Barnes. They brought in Omri Caspi. They brought him back. They had Rudy Gay still. Like, it was a good team. Uh, I think that's the year they brought in Aaron Aflalo. Yeah. Uh, so you thought that, okay, like, this team could actually do something, right? They could actually snap the streak. And I told uh, this guy, Dell, I'm like, hey, I I, I want to say uh, 38 wins, but this year I want a plus or minus eight. And he's like, eight? That's not okay. That's, like, and I'm not like, even a prediction. That's, like, you're giving it such a, like— you know yeah. how, like, sometimes, like, like now that, like, jobs are, like, required to list the salary range, it's like, this could be $50,000 or $125,000. Like, that's, like, <laughs> at that point, that's, like, not even a prediction. I, I agree, but my my uh, nuance to the conversation was this, that if they avoided drama, I think they can win 46. If they don't avoid drama, which this team never avoids drama, <laughs> they'll win 30. And sure enough, they could not avoid the drama. It spun out. Uh, they won, I think, 31, and uh, that's this season that, you know, we had the nightclub incident with uh, with Barnes and Cousins. Right. Um, Cousins gets traded midseason. Rudy Gay popped his Achilles. Uh, Matt Barnes got bought out. Omri Caspi got traded as part of the, the Pelican steal. Um, you know, they brought in Buddy Heald. They're right on the cusp. They actually came out. They traded Cousins on the day of the uh the all-star game they traded him during the all-star during the all-star i remember seeing first of all like i was because i was still on the bulls beat at the time and their their west coast california trip was early february and so we were in sacramento the day that vivek i think told uh it was either vivek or vladi it was somebody you know with the organization told mark stein on the record that they weren't shopping to marcus 
was yeah. somebody. And then a week later, they trade him. I see the Woj tweets come out during the All-Star game, like yeah. as the game was being played. And I remember seeing the footage. I was not there that year, but I remember seeing the footage of DeMarcus sitting. And the All-Star game was in New Orleans, too, that year. I remember yep. DeMarcus sitting down at the podium and getting asked all these questions about New Orleans. And somebody's like, you know, he's like, what, what's going on? And then, like, a, whoever it was, a PR person, whispers in his ear was Chris Clark, okay? The PR person was whispering in his ear like, hey, by the way, you just got traded to New Orleans. And then Zod Marcus, like, he completely changed it. He's like, oh, I love New Orleans. It's a great city, great fan base. I'm really excited. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's actually, I'm pretty sure that happening that way is why the NBA moved the calendar so that the trade deadline happens a week before the All-Star game now, just so that they don't have that happen again. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I actually, I broke the story that he was getting his extension. And then after after he got uh, like they confirmed like I had I had everybody confirmed like it was a five year two hundred eleven million dollar contract. Actually, this wasn't the rookie extension. This was the second one. Yeah, this was his next one. Yeah, and I had actually called um, I called Larry Kuhn uh, from ESPN and said, "Hey yeah. man, I, I need to I need to know the exact number because I'm going to break this." And we went through the numbers. I you know go on the air talk about it. Um, demarcus confirms it the team confirmed it everyone confirms that they're giving giving him an extension but then he went out that i think it was that night and got a technical which put him at 13 or 14 then the next game he went out and got two technicals and thrown out of the game and the kings came to the realization that even 200 and something million dollars wasn't going to stop him from being that guy uh-huh. And so that's when they they made the the decision to trade. And that whole entire trade is bizarre too, because you know the whole famous line Vladdy says I had a better deal two days ago. Um, so basically, they maybe they trade. did, but that's not something you say as a GM on the record. Exactly, exactly. But Vladdy was trying to be like upfront and honest. He was also trying to defend himself because it was the same team. He had a deal with uh, with the Pelicans the day before for two first round picks not just one mm. and buddy healed and the deal became one first round pick and a second round pick uh because basically demarcus's agent had gone to the clippers and said hey look you're not trading for him no one's trading for him he's getting his extension in sacramento because he wouldn't have been eligible for the same extension somewhere else and so basically they, they said like look you're not trading for him and they said yes we are and so they went back to the Kings and said, hey, they're going to fight with us on this. So that's what he meant. They, he had to take a slightly lesser deal uh, to get to get Cousins to the Pelicans. Yeah, just wild. Like, I've covered so I mean, I covered two full relocation attempts. Yeah. I've covered four separate front offices, Jeff Petrie, Pete D'Alessandro, um, Vlade Divots, and now where we are um, with, uh, with Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox. Um, I've covered nine head coaches. I don't even have a total on the players uh, that I've covered. But coming into this season, I can tell you that there have been multiple seasons in my career where the following year, like six, seven, or eight players are no longer in the league from the team the year before. (laughs) No longer in the league. My first team, like Pujet or Antoine Wright, Luther Head, uh, Dante Green, Hassan Whiteside before he went, you know, to Europe and came back. Uh, Jermaine Taylor, like, like all of these, uh, they just never played again. Like none of them 
except for Hassan, came back in the league. And even Hassan was gone for a long time. Even Samuel D'Alembert that was on that team, I don't remember him lasting much more than a season after that. So many, many seasons I've covered where it's just been chaos and wild. But um, I'm glad. I'm glad I made it to the, to this, to where we are today. Um, so it, it, it's good. My, my story is it, unique and fun. And I'm 240 games under 500 coming into this season. <laughs> 240. 